Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of This Is Your Brain on Podcasts. These episodes are brought to you by all the wonderful people who donate to the show on a monthly basis using our Patreon page. If you would like to be one of these excellent, lovely people, uh, visit our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash froggy style frog the letter e underscore style you get cool rewards based on how much you donate so you can donate as little as one dollar per month which is only twelve dollars per year or as much as fifty dollars per month which is a lot more than twelve dollars per year if you do donate the minimum amount which is one dollar per month you will gain access to a bunch of bonus content. Um, we just released the first episode in the Big Think bonus series. Um, that bonus series is about, each episode is about 20 minutes to half an hour long. Basically what we do in it is we take um, ethics questions, specific ethics questions, and we discuss them at length. So the first episode in the Big Think bonus series deals with the classic trolley problem. You know, uh, a train is barreling down the tracks towards five people who are tied to the tracks. You can pull a lever to divert the train, but there's one person on that set of tracks. Like, what do you do? So me and Brendan, who is the guest on this episode of the podcast, uh, discuss that classic ethics problem in the first episode of the Big Think bonus series. Also, if you do donate $1 per month, you gain access to all of the Tales from the Tabletop live sessions. And what that is, is it's just live recordings of me and my friends playing D&D. So if you're into that sort of thing, I highly recommend that you do that because it is probably hilarious. You also gain access to all bonus interviews before they are released. Um, I just did an interview with CC Getty, who is the organizer of the Calgary 420 Music and Arts Festival. So if that sounds like that's your sort of thing, uh, donate to the show. It's, it's very much appreciated. But what is more appreciated is the fact that you are listening so thank you very much for listening. It means the world to me. If you are fans of the show, uh, maybe consider signing up for our email list. It'll keep you up to date with the podcasts, just kind of what's going on. And anytime there is a giveaway, which we do fairly regularly, at least one a month, um, you will automatically be signed up for that. You'll be entered into that draw automatically if you sign up for our email list. Um, prizes usually include like CDs, T-shirts, stickers, stuff like that. So sign up for our email list at fsproductions.ca. It's the very first thing that you're going to see when you visit the website. Also, while you are at fsproductions.ca, check out all the other fun stuff that's on that website. Uh, there's articles and blog posts, and that's where all of the podcasts get posted. So check out 
fsproductions.ca. Like I said before, on this episode of This Is Your Brain on Podcasts, I am joined by my very good friend, Brendan Long. It's always a pleasure getting the chance to do a podcast with Brendan. He was basically the one who helped me get this podcast off the ground back when it was globe hopping. And I will always be very thankful for, to him for that. But me and Brendan always have great conversations. And he's probably been on the podcast, this one at least, more than any other person has. Um, he's one of my favorite people to talk to. He's very intelligent. It's always a blast talking to them. I know that you will enjoy our conversation that we had. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode and have a great fucking day. National Women's Day. That it was. A couple of a week ago, I guess. I think it was a week ago. About a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. This is Patreon content? Not anymore. Okay. We're going free ball in here. Okay. <laughs> just thought I would check. <laughs> For no reason. I just thought I would check. That's, That's all. Um I don't know. It kinda got me thinking. Like, I've been thinking about it for a while actually. And um about feminism and stuff like that and how just in general, like more than anything else, what has made me like quote unquote, like a feminist or whatever, or more susceptible or caring of the women's like women's movement and plight is like just having strong women in my life. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, People on the internet or whatever, feminists, they can tell me, they can spout all the facts and whatever at me as much as they want. And like, yeah, maybe some of it will break through. But what has really changed my opinions and like made me real, like I would never was like any like woman hating blah, blah, blah before. <laughs> but like what really has changed my opinions is just seeing examples of like strong women in my life. Mm -hmm. And I just, I found that interesting. I totally agree. It's the same with me. Yeah. Most definitely. I mean, you know, my parents were divorced. My mom, after getting divorced with my dad, and there's by no means a nasty divorce or anything, but she decided to, you know, he was he was the primary breadwinner. He was an engineer. You know, he was making most of the money. My mom was a nurse, but then she stopped and she didn't like it because you have to deal with shit all the time, literally. Mm -hmm. And... Um, <coughs> after the divorce happened she got her mba got her phd and now she's the primary breadwinner of her household yeah which you know women they can fucking do anything and yeah. another thing that has really given me understanding of the 
of the difficulties uh, that women go through as opposed to men is being with my girlfriend. Yeah. Um, she's described situations to me where I'm like, that would literally never fucking happen. Or yeah. or things like that I just wouldn't think about. Yeah. You know, apparently it's really common for girls, um, if they've like, say they've been partying at a club or whatever, it's really common for them to text each other when they've gotten home. Yeah. To make sure they've gotten home safely. Yeah. I've never fucking done that with you. No. Have I? No. No. <laughs> we don't often do that unless it's like a crazy night or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like if I'm if I'm stumbling my way home, you might do that. Yeah. But it's really, really common for women to do that. And I, I you know, or if they're on dates or something, they'll get, they'll do the same thing. Yeah. Right. That's just stuff that never even entered into the realm of thought for me yeah i agree like just having more female friends and like becoming closer with those female friends and stuff like that um and them describing certain situations to me like i'm like sometimes i'm literally blown away like, i'm what like the fuck? are you serious like that actually had like i know it's crazy you don't think, think that it does right no, you like, think that it's like stuff that maybe gets blown out of proportion on the or internet or one-off situations or, yeah. you know this may have happened to gloria Allred one time yeah you know but no no it's no. yeah and shit like that has really kind of opened my again it's just having strong females in my life well for that sure have, like kind of opened me up to these things though and like it's made me more sympathetic to the plight of all women and shit like that. Absolutely. And like, as much as I fucking hate this word, I totally get my, like, male privilege. You no, know no, I, mean? I, I hate it, too. I fucking hate it. it I despise it, actually. I really but hate But I understand word. it, too. Yeah. I totally understand I recognize it. that there are certain advantages to being a male. Absolutely. Yeah. I've never once had to really fear for my physical safety. Yeah. You know, except maybe around, like, two or three other dudes. I, I can't even think of a time that that happened. But, like, that's the only situation where I would be concerned about that. Yeah. You know, but women, they have to think about that kind of thing. Obviously, they're going to try their best to make, mitigate the situation and only go on dates with dudes who they assume aren't going to be rapey. Mm. But the fact that that's even something that they have to consider blows my mind. Yeah. Or, you know, shit in, like, the workplace. I, I can't think of any specific examples, but, like, like my mom gets called, you know, well, she's known as bossy. Yeah. Right? She's not known as, like, commanding, or she's not or known assertive. as... Or assertive. yeah. If she is known as assertive, it's in a negative context. It's not like she's getting shit done. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's weird how we... And that's brought up a lot is like how we value certain things in men or we see it as a value in men. But then as soon as a woman tries to uh, exhibit those characteristics, it becomes bitchy or it becomes bossy. Exactly. It's really strange. Well, and I I think that uh, most of that has to do with historical social context Mm -hmm. more than anything. Right. The, 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 The sad fact of the matter is, is that we are in extremely new times right now. Absolutely. Like that are hundred years old women women only really fully entered the workforce in like the 1970s exactly if not later they gained the right to vote in the 19 like tens and yeah like, exactly so like that's not that long no <laughs> no been, like women have been allowed to vote in north american society for like a hundred years well and i you know i can understand why in the 1950s or 1960s or whatever a lot of dudes were really threatened by the thought of women entering the workforce or something like that. Because can you imagine the amount of available employees for your job all of a sudden doubles? 
Yeah. Your value as an employee is going to be driven down. Yeah. Right? The amount that people are willing to pay you is going to be driven down. It's... I get it. Mm-hmm. The amount of people... You know, it may not have been at first, but the, the amount of qualified applicants doubles instantly. Yeah. Like, I get it why these dudes were freaked out about that. Yeah. Totally also, understand it. it's just a giant social change that hadn't happened before. Exactly. It's, it's weird. Like, our, our society, I feel like, has advanced so quickly in such a short amount of time that we don't realize how new this whole thing is. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this, you know... Ugh. The people's idea of what is a long time is like 10 years. Yeah. That's jack shit. Which is a long time to you. Yeah, exactly. Objectively, that's the shortest amount of time like ever. Yeah, exactly. But you know what I mean. Exactly. (laughs) Well, we're like two generations into women voting, women entering the workforce, computers being created. Yeah. You know? Two world wars being fought. Two world wars. There's a whole bunch of bullshit that's happened. Yeah. Yeah, internet, like, planes, just the connectivity that we now all have. Like, even just in our fucking lifetimes, like, we went from flip phones to computers in our pockets, like, with the iPhone and shit like that, and that's insane. I know. I remember when the iPhone first came out, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I think I had a flip phone up until age 19 or 20, maybe? Yeah, probably the same. Something like that? Yeah. But that I, was normal. Yeah, definitely. I had a... Like, my first phone was a flip phone. I didn't get it until high school. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah, I got it in, like, grade 10. And that's because my mom wanted to check in on me. <laughs> and you know what? It was probably fucking great for that. <laughs> probably was. I, I think that, like, the temptation for parents to keep constant tabs on their kids is so strong today. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for kids because we were just on the tail end of it, right? Yeah, we were on the super tail end of it. But I feel bad for kids nowadays who have a phone at the age of 10. Um, I know, who was it? I was listening to a, a comedian or something. But uh, the guy the guy basically, oh, I think it was Aziz Ansari. But anyway, he was like, you know, I have a friend who's installed software on his kid's phone so that he can read the messages on their phones, and these kids are 10 or 11, so it's kind of understandable, right? They're pretty young. Yeah. So he can read all the messages and shit that are going through. I can't imagine what the fuck that would be like. That'd be weird. Super weird. Yeah. Have you seen that Black Mirror episode? Which, oh, with the... Oh, what is it? Angel? No, what is it? What's this, it called? I forget what the software is called, but they, like, install it in her daughter's... And yeah. And she can, like, see everything that her daughter... And they have, like, content filters that block out scary things or whatever. Yeah. That was a great episode. Yeah, that one was crazy. <laughs> Quick spoiler alert. And then she kills her mom? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> that was awesome. But I think that that goes to... You know, I think that they made a really poignant argument there when they basically showed that like let's go fuck somebody up yeah definitely you know kids need room to fuck around yeah you need to be exposed to dangerous shit as a child or else you're not going to know how to handle that shit in adulthood exactly well but i i totally again i understand the the temptation by parents to do that Mm, you want your kids to be safe yeah like obviously it's the only thing that matters to parents up until the kids are forever old yeah my parents that's all that they care about now i'm 27 yeah dude even i'll go snowboarding and my mom's like are you being careful i know i hate that you do this but i love that you love to do it (laughs) i know that's exactly my mom's the same way she's like oh i don't like it when you go cat skiing or whatever i'm like well 
Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might like it, okay? <laughs> One time I was just sitting there thinking about it. And I was like, I remember how, like, you used to come and watch me snowboard and stuff, mom, and, like, blah, blah, blah. And I just, like, thought about it for a second. I was like, you would fucking hate that now. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You would see some of the shit I do and you would just, like, cringe. Oh, my God. Why is my child doing this? Make it stop. Make it stop. Yeah. No, but I, I totally understand why parents do that shit. Yeah, definitely. I hope that I'm not the kind of parent who does it. Probably will be. Yeah. Well, like, especially if the technology's there, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, if they make it tempting like that. Exactly. Well, you, you know what Dale, Dale's our, for everyone who's listening, Dale's our former co-worker. Well, my former co-worker, your current co-worker. Yeah. But he said something to me that really opened my eyes to all this, like, technology and stuff like that with your kids. He was like, you don't want your kid to be the first one to have it. Yeah. You don't want your kid to be the last. Yeah. That's all that matters. You don't want him to be the first one on the cell phone because then he's a little shit. You don't want him to be the last because then he's like... The loser. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, I will forever remember that and live by that because it's so true. Yeah. Joe Rogan has a very similar like joke like that in his like comedy special, but it's about Santa Claus. Uh-huh. He's like, you don't want your kid to be the first one to know that Santa Claus is bullshit because that kid's an asshole but you don't want your kid to be the last one because that kid's an idiot yeah that kid's a a weirdo man yeah you don't want your kid to be the weirdo no that's just a fact i definitely heard something like interesting about the whole like kind of helicopter parenting thing Mm -hmm. and because like back even kind of almost back in our day like you could just go out with your friends and be like i'll be back Whenever you didn't know what time it was ever, like when did you ever know what fucking time it was? <laughs> Sundown or a little bit after, whenever it started to get cold, it was yeah. like okay, time to go and home. And then like maybe you look at a clock or something. To, I mean that probably drove our parents nuts. Like I remember showing up like a couple hours late, and my mom like freaking out and shit like that. Yeah, I'd be like, like, what the hell were you doing? And they're like, why are you freaking out? But like I get it now, obviously. Oh totally, like, totally. It's completely understandable and like. An understandable response for sure. Well, maybe, maybe with us moving into like parenthood, we'll use the technology that we have to allow our kids to do that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than constantly being on them and keeping them in, because I think that that's been lost for sure. Yeah. Like I, you know, some of my fondest memories as a child are fucking riding around the neighborhood on my bike with a bunch of the neighborhood kids. Yeah. Doing dumb shit. Yeah. You just formed like little gangs of children yeah. around and did shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Playing kick the can yeah. and hide and seek. Yeah, exactly. Big huge like neighborhood games of hide and seek. Because that shouldn't even happen oh, that anymore. That was the best. I love that. That was so much fun. Yeah, so much fun. And like at night too. You could do it at night. It's like if your parents were all like over at somebody's house, you could just go out with your friends. Yeah. And like have a fucking sweet game of hide and go seek in the dark at nighttime it's around the best times for it. It was so much fun. Like, I don't think that shit happens anymore. I don't see kids running around so on the street. Either. Like I don't think so either, frankly. Yeah. It's just too bad. Yeah. Because those are some, like, critical, awesome memories from my childhood, you know? Yeah, definitely. Those were some of the best, like, memories. I think that we, like, the age that we're at, we're in such a weird time right now. Because the generation that's, like, say, in charge right now, they're old as fuck. Mm-hmm. They don't know what the fuck is going on. They don't know how to use technology properly. They're our parents. Do you yes, know what I exactly, mean? Exactly, exactly. And like the president of the United States is our grandparents' age. I know, that's like, up. <laughs> that's even more fucked up because, like, think about just think about your grandparents and how they perceive society. Absolutely. 
Like, that's fucked up. A little up. bit delayed. Like, yeah. <laughs> a little bit, maybe just a little bit delayed. Like, even just my parents sometimes. Like, some of the shit that comes out of their mouth, I'm like, yeah, that was pretty racist. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you <laughs> like, can't say that. Yeah. Like, definitely not. You should be. I know. Yeah. I, I, was, uh, I was reading an article on, like, the New York Times or something like that about the Hillary Clinton email scandal where all of her emails got leaked. And they were interviewing her her staffers, and apparently, a lot of the problems with the security in their whole agency and surrounding it was because of the fact that she a didn't want to change her phone. Yeah. Because she had a BlackBerry, and God damn it, that's what she wanted to use for forever. <laughs> and B, she didn't understand how a fucking email server worked. <laughs> Seriously. And these these are the people who are guarding like our national safety. It's, mind-blowing yeah man it's crazy these are the people who control the nukes <laughs> i know i know they're the ones who decide if we go to war or not That's like scary it's terrifying that we have so much power in the hands of these old people who don't understand really how society and culture work nowadays no no and that's actually one of the things i don't want to delve too deep into like current politics because it's a fucking rabbit hole yeah. but that's one of the things that i think that the russian government has understood and adopted really really well mm. they've they, they're on top of it in terms of the internet and how to operate that and how to you know sway the tide of political opinion on the internet mm -hmm. and meanwhile we have people in the white house and like oh well canada's fairly innocuous we don't really do too much no but you know, we have those people there, and they're like, I don't even know what is Reddit, you know? Or, like, <laughs> yeah. what is Twitter? Well, no, that's not true. We all know that we Mr. All know. Trump likes Twitter. We all know who, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's very good at using Twitter. Exactly. I don't know. It just blows my mind. It is. It's really crazy. And, like, it's weird to think that, like, do you, okay, do you ever think that we're in this strange, like, propaganda bubble, and we don't actually know what's going Dude. on? And, like, everything that we are being fed is completely, like, we're meant to see it, to think a certain way and shit like totally. that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody's thought sphere is constantly narrowing because that's how, you know, everybody gets their news from the internet. The internet is designed a certain way and it's to keep you in your bubble. Mm -hmm. Whether it's intentional or not, I definitely think that that's the case. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could be completely unintentional, too. For but, sure. Yeah. And there's a reason why, you know, like, I get a lot of my news from Reddit. Mm -hmm. Reddit is very far left-leaning. Yeah. A lot of the news that pops up on my Facebook feed or whatever, also very left-leaning. Very left-leaning, yeah. Um, I don't follow these major conservative sites. If I do see anything that's about conservatives or whatever, it's generally relatively negative. Yeah. And I don't see conservatives as negative people or anything like that. And I would consider myself to be somewhat conservative in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. you know, but the fact is all like, I'm just constantly being bombarded with this message. Yeah. And I'm relatively aware of it. I'm sure a lot of other people our age are, but I can't imagine the people who are a little bit older and don't understand. Yeah. I, and I think you're giving like people in general, a lot of credit being aware. I try. Of yeah. <laughs> I try. <laughs> like, I think you're being a little optimistic there, but I, 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 I agree. I think I am too, but it's better to be optimistic than pessimistic mm -hmm. or like a healthy balance of both. I don't know, but. I mean, I, honestly, some people I keep around on my Facebook, I'll see them and they'll have like the most like completely ridiculous conservative views, 
but I like to have those people around to know that those those opinions exist. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes um, I've started following the the r slash conservative subreddit. Mm. Very underpopulated on Reddit, obviously. Yeah. But sometimes shit pops up on there and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, sometimes you see people and they like make a completely valid point. You're like, I can see where I, you're I com- can't argue with that. I see where you're coming from and like I tend to agree with that. We like, should slow down immigration. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. It's mind blowing to me. Yeah. I think that people almost, even if they're not intentionally doing it, they are kind of intentionally doing it, but they're not in, aware of what they're intentionally doing, but they're insulating themselves in their own bubble where Definitely. everybody agrees with them. Everybody wants to be part of the echo chamber, you mm-hmm. know? It's and uncomfortable not to be. I'm going to keep coming back to Reddit as, a, as an example, but it's terrible for it. Mm-hmm. Like, you go into any comment thread about fucking anything... And the same comments are repeated over and over and over and over and over again, with maybe one out of ten of them being quite insightful and good. Mm. But Reddit is like a, a microcosm of the internet as a whole, right? Yeah. I can only imagine what's happening other places. Facebook, yeah. for example. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. Yeah. It's it's really and it's the ability to be able to block people you disagree with is that's exactly it. It's extremely dangerous. It is dangerous. It uh, I think it eliminates people's ability to have healthy debate. Oh, for sure. People are like that's a skill nowadays. You know, you can't debate someone properly unless you have a better a good understanding of their position, right? Yeah, and also you can't debate somebody if you're not willing to just listen to them. Exactly. People don't want to expose themselves to those ideas because they, you know, they go against their thoughts and that makes them uncomfortable and they don't go on the internet or whatever to be uncomfortable and so they block it out. In today's society, it's people like to avoid discomfort as much as possible, which is fair. Yeah, I do. Skip the dishes. Fuck. That's just great. (laughs) But... In discomfort and those uncomfortable feelings are where you are going to grow as a person the most. Definitely. Like, that's where you're going to learn your, like, deepest lessons, you know? Learn more from failing. Yeah, because you're going to be like, I don't want to feel like this again. This feels really bad. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So how can I avoid feeling like this? Well, and when avoiding feeling like that is as easy as ignore or yeah don't show up on my feed or whatever but that doesn't solve the problem no definitely not that like makes it go away definitely not yeah and all of these social media websites are designed specifically to get people's eyes on them and to keep their eyes on them as long as possible as long as possible so that they can sell you things so that they can sell more ads and get your information like whatever they're trying to do exactly so it's, it's in their best interest to only feed you content that you're going to appreciate. Yeah, keep you on there. Yeah. They gain more information about you, the buyer, whatever it is. Like, I, I love and hate the internet. It's like the most fascinating place. It is. And again, it's, it's extremely new and we don't know what's going to happen We're because no it, this, no, nothing like this has ever existed before. Did, did you see that um, it was an interview with like the ex-VP of product something... 
with Facebook. Okay. And he basically stated in an interview that he thinks that Facebook and other social media websites are ripping apart society. Yeah. And he won't let his kids on them because he thinks that they're bad for people. Yeah. I've heard stuff like that before, yeah. I think it's really telling when you have an ex... Well, maybe it's not because he could be jaded or something, but I think it's really telling when you have an ex-Facebook high up mm-hmm. stating that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. You know? Um, like, basic, like I've heard something similar. I don't know if it was the same thing or not, but basically what social media and stuff does, it, it just hijacks your reward system. Absolutely. Those likes and shit, those like little red fucking numbers, when you see that on your Facebook, you you're like, and you've got friends and you've got messages and you've got notifications. You're, you're feeling like, good. Damn. You're feeling good. And I'm not going to pretend that I don't feel good when that happens. Know. You know what I mean? I totally like, get where you're coming from. That's part of why I took a break for so long from Facebook. I'm thinking about going off of it again, actually. Yeah. Because, like, I found myself, like, I just fucking, I, it's now one of the tabs that I keep open at work. Yeah. And that, during the time period when that wasn't the case, it was kind of nice. Yeah, for sure. But it's so good for communication. It's super good for organizing things. It is. Communicating between friends, group chats, shit like that. It's Events, awesome. knowing what's going on. I mean, we use, I use WhatsApp for the band. Yeah. Pretty much exclusively. But not everybody's going to get WhatsApp. No. And like, honestly, just... I would not know about a lot of shows that come to Calgary if it wasn't for Facebook. Oh, it's awesome for that. It just pops up and you're like, oh, this person's coming to Calgary? Fuck yeah. Like... They're totally going. I wouldn't know that Tool is officially in the recording studio again, you know? Yeah. Like, there is, like, uh, such a good and evil thing at the same time and like... Facebook especially, like Twitter, whatever, like fuck that, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram's kind of neat, just seeing photos and stuff, but whatever. Again, it's not essential. Facebook is really rooted in there, though. Like, well, Facebook is the is the genesis of all of it, right? Yeah. And I think that, well, from what I understand, a lot of younger people are flocking away from Facebook. I've heard that more to Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Because they all essentially accomplish the same function, right? Mm-hmm. Twitter is maybe a little bit different. Instagram is more focused. But it's all social media. Yeah. I I just think it's too much. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, people... I don't have Twitter or Instagram. Um, but people are expected to be, like, on all of these platforms all the time. It just seems exhausting. It is, it's super exhausting. And, like, the only reason I have all... Like, the only reason I have Instagram and Twitter is because... It's for this, yeah. To just get the word out about And that makes sense to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But there are people who engage in, like, full-blown debates on Instagram or fucking Twitter or whatever. That's that's pointless, man. It just seems exhausting to me. Yeah. Have you ever, like, gone to, like, write a response to something that you don't agree with? I do all the time advice on Facebook. Okay, okay. I get joy out of that. We need to, like, talk about how shitty Vice is now. But, like, (laughs) do you ever go to, like, write a negative response or try and debate somebody? You write out the fucking response and then you're just like, what the fuck is the point? And you just delete it. Yeah, I do that on Reddit all the time. Yeah, you're like, why why do I care about this person's opinion and telling them that they're wrong? Exactly. And you're like, why? Me telling them they're wrong isn't going to change their no. opinion at all. I'm just going to get into some bun fight with some dude on the internet. Mm-hmm. Nobody gives a shit about it. I'm probably going to look like a jackass. Yeah. Why would I do this? Exactly. And like, here's the, the big secret behind all of it. Nobody has ever changed their opinion 
by being told that they are wrong and stupid. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Usually a change of opinion comes from somebody empathizing with them. Yeah. And then bringing them slowly around to their viewpoint. Yes, exactly. Nobody is going to change their opinion because you yell at them, you tell them they're stupid, you call them a fascist, you call them a Nazi. No. Nobody's changing their opinion that. No, you've just made them dig in their heels. Exactly. You know what I fucking hate? When people tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I am a contrarian when people tell me what to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. People I, say that shit, I'm like, no, well now I really don't fucking want yeah, to. Yeah, sometimes I will straight up like agree with you sometimes, but if you tell me what to do, nope. No, not having absolutely it, not like it's weird i've noticed myself doing that a lot actually <laughs> i listened to a uh this american life and it chronicles this dude um and he plays he's from like mississippi and he plays in a blues band he's a black guy uh he played a gig at a show in some bar in like 1970 the kkk was there mm -hmm. right or members of the kkk and they liked him and he kept in contact with them. And slowly he made friends with members of the KKK. And like 30 years later, they all changed their views because yeah. of their friendship with this dude. You know yeah. what I mean? That's how you change people's mind. I wish I could remember what it was called. Yeah, I've actually, I've heard that. I've heard a story very similar to that, at least. It was probably the same thing. It probably was. But like, yeah, it's, he slowly basically pulled members away from the kkk because they just they saw him as a human they saw him he, as a solid bro like he met like the grand dragon of the <laughs> state and made him change his mind yeah or maybe he didn't with him but he changed a lot of people's minds yeah i've seen a video that's very similar to that and there's like you know i forget what kind of protesters but they're like uh they were like you know what people call fascist now or like you know conservative protesters protesting something yeah. and these anti-protesters came and you think there was going to be a big shouting match but no these guys get up and they just tell their story and they're like this is why i feel this way this is why this affects me and this is why i think like this is how we and like the people who were protesting originally sympathize with they, this guy and they mm -hmm. go up to him at the end and they're like wow i didn't see it like that you know yeah. You don't meet people with violence. You don't meet people with hate. You meet them with understanding. And it makes a big difference. Yeah. Just realizing that everybody's just a fucking person exactly like you who's trying to figure their shit out. Yeah. It's... I don't know what the fuck is happening. Nobody knows what the fuck is no, happening. That's, that's a fact. Anybody who tells you they know what is happening is full of fucking shit. Exactly. <laughs> well, and I think this comes again full circle to the ethics question, right? Like examining those kinds of things gives you the cognitive tool set to understand another person's viewpoint, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. Without that, you know, or without exercising that, it might take a little bit more pushing for someone to come around to someone else's viewpoint, but it's important. Yeah, definitely. It's important that you know how to do that, yeah. right? Yeah. And lots of people don't nowadays, it seems. No. But again, I think that's because of the, the bubble or the echo chamber yeah. thing. I've actually heard another uh, kind of opinion on like why, you know, people are now getting into like university and shit and they're like going all like uh, SJW and stuff like that is because with like the ad, like, like we said, kids used to go out and they used to be able to ride around on their bikes until it was fucking dark out, no issues or whatever. Your parents trusted you as children. Now that there's more technology and also access to information on the internet and through TV and news, mm -hmm. parents nowadays think the world is a terrible, scary place. And it, 
something terrible is going to happen to their children because that's all you hear about on the news and in the internet is that terrible things are happening and your child is a target so they bubble them they insulate them they like tell them that they're the greatest and stuff like that and that happens all up until um they leave the home Mm -hmm. and then they think that that's how it should be you know what i mean and they see bad things and like maybe it's not necessarily a good thing but they go about it in the wrong way Mm -hmm. And that that's like kind of what kind of created the SJW movement. I, I totally agree. Yeah. 100% agree. I think that the, the special snowflake syndrome, like millennials get a lot of flack from the boomers about being special snowflakes. Well, A, you guys made us that way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you did. B, you're probably right a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not a little bit, a lot. You know, a lot of us think that way because that's what we were told for years and years and years and years. Yeah. And when you're confronted with the reality that you're not yeah. a special snowflake, then it can be a really jarring experience for people. Yeah, for sure. And they lash out and they try to identify with all of this other stuff that's going to make them feel that way, the way that they've been told they should be feeling yeah. for 18 years, right? Yeah, definitely. I don't know. And I think that's happening more in the generations coming after us. Yeah, I think so. Because I think that what the like our parents did to us is happening even worse in the generation under us. Well, I'll, I'll be interested to see because I think Generation Z or whatever, um, according to the various internet things that I've read about them, mm-hmm. I sound like a fucking old person. Uh, they seem relatively level-headed. That's cool. Not that I know we, any people. No, me either. The only people who I know are that, that are that age are like my cousins. Yeah. And they're from a small town and they're like super level-headed. Yeah. Because they live in a town of 500 people. Yeah. And honestly, that might be the case. We might have been like, on. we could have been like the, the test generation. We were the test generation for all this shit. We were. And like, it's just how it had to be, you know? We lived in this time of like, immense change like societal change like technological change just everything cultural change everything changed so rapidly in our lifetime and it probably fucked us up a little bit there are things that were taught to me as a kid that are literally just gospel now that the boomers seem to have trouble with you that that they taught to us like yeah if you're gay it's fine Mm -hmm. i don't give a shit yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or it's not okay to be racist. Don't do that. Yeah. Even a little. <laughs> and yet, they're the ones who have issues with these things, which I don't understand. I don't get where that comes from. Yeah, it is kind of strange. You know? Yeah. Do what I say, not what I do kind of thing. Yeah. It's definitely a do what I say, not what I do kind of mentality, which is really... I think that's every parent, though. Yeah. And you kind of have to be that, like... And to a certain extent, you kind of have to be that way with kids, at least young kids. For like, sure. you know, you force the most basic example you force your kid to wear a helmet while they're riding the bike. You don't wear your helmet when you ride your bike. Exactly. I th- honestly, I wish my parents would have been a little bit more strict with me growing up. Probably in some ways. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Am I going to do that with my kid? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. The ultimate goal is to, like, not turn into your parents, right? I think that happens no matter no, what. I see it in my parents already. I think it happens. Yeah. For sure. I see my, like, my dad is definitely turning into his dad, and it's just, it's just like, the way that it is. My dad's turning into his dad. He's grumpy as shit all the time. Yeah, it's constant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> 
Can't bring it up though, it makes him grumpier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. As long as he doesn't adopt the alcoholism, we're fine. Yeah. Then we're good. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, you just are like inevitably going to become your parents in some way or another. Yeah, it's going to rub off on you for sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah. When, I was, when we were going on. skiing, we went a couple of weeks ago with some of dad's business partners mm. and the one guy one of his one of the guys on the board just kept looking at me and he was like you're just like him <laughs> like it's weird and i was like yeah well i don't know what to say to that but, <laughs> but it's true yeah it's so true sometimes we'll say shit at the same time yeah it's fucking weird <laughs> i don't know if you've ever done that you probably do it with your brother yeah i do it with right? my brother all the time you just say so, like at the same time and the same thing yeah. and you're like whoa yeah me and my brother are definitely super alike. Like, we'll just, like, start doing shit, and we'll be, like, being really weird, and people are just, like, staring at us, being like, what the fuck are you doing, you two? Weird as shit. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, you, you and your brother seem relatively close, which is always good, right? Yeah, we're pretty good. It's good to have brothers. Yeah, for sure. Like, as much as I think my, my brother's a little turd, I'm sure he thought the same thing about me, I definitely, like, I attribute a lot of my growing up experience to having him there mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah for sure it's important yeah and like as you grow older you like realize the importance of it and shit and you're like man okay i gotta like make efforts to now keep you in my life because we it's live true. in separate places it's very like... true i'm actually i'm working harder at that because we we went through a period of time where we didn't talk too much yeah um and yeah i'm working harder at that it's difficult though yeah you know because i feel like we've kind of grown apart yeah and i don't know how to because we were always very different people like he's my yeah. stepbrother you know what i mean yeah um but it's it's hard to just fucking yeah. smash that together definitely let me love you you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> well and i like i hear stories from like my parents and how they have they've had falling outs with their siblings and I mean, stuff and that. that seems like bullshit no and they don't talk to each other and there's all this family drama because like my mom has six like, she's one of six brothers Holy and sisters. Holy shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, like, they, you I know... I thought your mom was, like, an only child. No, there's six of them. My dad has... he's There's three of them on my dad's side. Yeah. So, it's my dad and two sisters, and then my mom has two sisters and three... Or two brothers now, but... Um, yeah, it's just like, and seeing the politics, it's like, okay, now all of us hate this person or whatever, and we're, none of us are talking to this person. It's like, oh, actually, this person was falsely accused by this person or something and Jesus like it's Christ. like and this person is trying to like keep them away from everybody it's so weird it sounds like a headache yeah i gotta be honest with you and like honestly as much as me and my brother are very similar we're also extremely different it's the way the brothers are yeah like he is very much kind of like the more like straight laced like, i was gonna say he seems like a white picket fence yeah eventually kind of guy yeah you know what i mean where i'm sorry like sorry if you listen to this tori and that offends you i'm sorry it wouldn't offend him he knows <laughs> <laughs> no but you're you're not right yeah no I'm but like, I, I think that's the older brother territory to do that shit yeah you know what i mean i think he saw me and he was like <laughs> <laughs> Whoa now. maybe not <laughs> hold up, hold up. They all go the more traditional way. <laughs> when my uh, my uncle Doug, he my dad has two brothers. Uh, my uncle Doug, he was the oldest. I think he did the exact same thing that Tori did. My uncle Doug, when he graduated, he literally left without telling my grandparents. 
and he lived in like Kazakhstan <laughs> for like several months. <laughs> yeah, they're not sure what he was doing, potentially detoxing. They don't know. But he lived a fucking wild life. You yeah. know what I mean? And he got I think that that's like seriously the territory of the the first brother in a lot of ways because you got to go and do your own shit. Yeah. Like up to you yeah definitely (laughs) pave your way (laughs) yeah i like i didn't go to school like you know university education i was a shitty high school student like um i go to music festivals all the time and snowboard that's my life (laughs) you gotta find your own way (laughs) my brother went more of the traditional route you know he went he got an education and he got a solid job and he's got the girlfriend and the He's living the like more. Teach, Good job, Tori. To each their own. You're probably job, listening. Tori. You're doing it. You're killing it. Anyways, let's get back to Vice. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I get I get more joy now out of commenting on the articles that I hate than I do out of reading them, but I still keep fucking reading them. Yeah. Oh man, some of the headlines are just so sensational. I know. It's so bad. You're just like, what? And like, oh. they're obviously sensational for a reason. You need it to grab anybody's attention nowadays. You need to have some sort of sensationalized headline, or else nobody's gonna read it. They're just gonna like keep going by. Cruise past it. Keep but, scrolling down. Yeah, but like, I feel like Vice used to be so legit. They were like back in the day, and they've just turned into something weird and different and. I think that they they did kind of what was inevitable, right? Like, they had to... They're fairly left-leaning. Yeah. And they had to do whatever they could to get as many views on their pages as possible. Yeah. And they hire out to, like, contract writers, or they hire per article. Yeah. So these people will write shit like, you know, why, why being white in a workplace is not okay. Yeah. Or... You know, businesses need to stop appropriating kimchi yeah. from oh Korean people. Oh my god, people. that one was on there today. Yeah, I literally <laughs> commented on it. I was like, what the fuck? Guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the first comment was, um, the Korean people have been appropriating rap culture for forever. And I just responded like, people appropriate everything. Yeah. Fucking chill. That's what culture is. That's, that's how, exactly what culture is. That's how we're developing the culture that we have nowadays into this like one big monoculture that we talked about earlier like Exactly. It's inevitable what it's like the inevitability of the internet. We have to take the best of everything and hopefully make some awesome superculture like we're trying. Like it it's just so weird how people can like spout equality and shit like that but then they're like no but you can't do this i know the amount of hypocrisy is unreal it's like and how do you not see what you're doing like you obviously don't or else like you wouldn't do it no for sure you know but like like fuck there was an article today it was like how kombucha doesn't actually do shit for your health and that was the headline or something was this a a vice article yeah yeah yeah. and i went and i read it and i was like and then they stated how like there is some health benefits to kombucha and i was like what, why? <laughs> why is this a thing? You just want click through. That's all that you want. Yeah. I know, it's so stupid. Like, at first, it's like, oh, yeah, no, it doesn't do shit. Or it's like, but it actually does have a small effect on your health in this way, in this way, in this way. And it's like, what? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Didn't you. 
Didn't you just say, all right, yeah. whatever? Like, I get the point behind the article. It was to, because people treat kombucha and shit like that as, like, a cure-all. And some people blow it way out of proportion. The, the same with people blowing, like, marijuana way out of proportion of how it's, like, a miracle thing. And, yes, there are lots of good properties for marijuana, and it does do a lot of good. But. <laughs> but. It's not as good as some people say it is. No, you know? absolutely not. Yeah. As, as someone who smoked weed way too much mm -hmm. i agree there's it it's not the miracle drug no it it's a very beneficial plant yes obviously for some people in some situations yes and the 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 proper the thing with cbd and the like actual results that they do have with cancer stuff <laughs> is like groundbreaking and awesome yeah, and very phenomenal. cool but also like it's going to affect every single person differently as well. Exactly. So you can't make blanket statements about anything like that. Well, and that, that, that may point to the heart of the issue that I have with Vice is that they make these sensationalized headlines like, oh, kombucha doesn't do shit for your health or, you know, why polygamy or something like polygamy is the way you need to live your life or something like yeah. that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Literally no for the vast majority of people. Mm-hmm. Or the vast majority of instances. Or maybe there is an instance where it does work and you're not addressing that or whatever. It's just, like you said, it's sensationalist to grab people's attention. Yeah, definitely. And again, I get it as a content uh, provider or whatever the fuck they are. You have to do that just to grab people's attention because people are so... They're just scrolling through Facebook. Man. Well, when you're competing with the likes of BuzzFeed... Yeah. Because they are major competitors, right? Yeah. You've got to find a way to make your niche. Oh, man. The amount of BuzzFeed articles I've clicked on. I know, because it's so tempting. You're like, what would I be if I was a salad? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I hope I'm a fucking Caesar salad. Dude, if I'm not a Caesar salad, fuck this shit. <laughs> Amanda sent me that exact quiz. And the salad I got was bullshit. And then that's when I determined that I hated BuzzFeed. I was like, I've never... No, I'm not arugula and apple. What the fuck is that? Yeah. Fuck that shit. Pissed me off. And now whenever we... Now, whenever we talk about shit like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, what kind of salad are you? You crazy. 100% worth it, though. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the whole thing is, like, especially with diet and, like, you know, health information and drugs and depression and all of these things that are affecting our society today, nobody is the same. And no. things aren't going to affect people the same way. No, to make those blanket statements is really dangerous. Yeah, frankly. like for some people, um, exercise, diet, uh, positive social interactions, they're going to cure your depression. Absolutely. Hands down. If you're just living like a shitty life and you're like living in your own filth and you don't have your shit together and you're not getting a lot of social interaction other than the internet... It's going to make you depressed. Absolutely. And it's going to be hard to get out of that, but you can get out of it if you are willing to make, you have the mental fortitude and you're willing to make those positive changes in your life. But some people, that's not enough. No, some people literally do need medication. They need and medication. They have so, benefited from it. Exactly, exactly. And to dismiss that kind of thing is really, really ignorant. Yeah, and even some people might need medication for a short amount of time. Yeah, exactly. Just to help them get out of that or whatever. One thing that I will say that's good about you know, the internet culture that's being created is that the emphasis and understanding of mental uh, illness is much better than it was 
five years ago. Yeah, for sure. You know, mm-hmm. ten years ago, it's a massive difference. Mm-hmm. People are willing to approach these issues with a critical eye and with some maturity and not just say, oh, pull your pants up and get out of it. Yeah. You know, sometimes people do just need to, like, pull their pants up and get out of it yeah. with the diet and exercise and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But people aren't just sweeping it under the rug anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, d- I definitely agree. And, like, the only issue I have, I guess, is that then some people, like, latch onto that. And it's almost kind of, it goes back to that whole, like, tribalism thing. They are now a depressed person and they want to belong to the depressed tribe or whatever the fuck oh, it is. Oh, for sure. Do you know what I mean? For sure. Like, and I think we're at the anxiety tribe or, or, the anxiety or, tribe, or whatever. Or, you know, you see it with what I would consider, you don't see it as much with what I would consider to be more serious mental illnesses. Yeah. You never see somebody being like, oh yeah, I'm part of the schizophrenia tribe. Mm-hmm. You don't, rare, you rarely see people bragging about that on the internet. Yeah. You know, but with anxiety or depression, people are more than willing to talk about it mm-hmm. at a certain point. And I think that there's like a good point for that, but I also think that there's, you know, I think that there are people who are just latching onto it for the sake of it. And I think that the Tumblr crowd in particular, and I'm going to consistently go back to them as an example because it's true. Mm-hmm. The Tumblr crowd in particular is bad for it. Yeah, it's and it's almost too much of like a hug box, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, hey, come here. It's okay if you're like this. You don't have to deal with your shit. It's okay if you're like that. Yeah. But it's not. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, yes, it's okay that you have these issues, but you have to deal with these or issues. at least attempt to, At right? least attempt to. And, and don't to. wallow in it. No, right? and don't use, don't label yourself as an excuse. Well, it's like, it's like the fat acceptance movement, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a pretty big dude. I'm not about to defend someone who's saying, like, being fat is okay. Yeah. Because it's not okay. No. You know? Like... As long as you're healthy, it's fine. Yeah, but for like sure. once health problems start getting associated with, you got to deal with it. Yeah, and you have to. You can't just like label yourself as something and then use that as an excuse to put that shit off. I saw a post. It was on like SJW hate or something on Reddit. Yeah, and this woman who was like, you know, two hundred fifty pounds, four foot five, big woman tweeted the the british cancer society oh, yeah. because they were like they said you know being obese is a risk factor for cancer <coughs> it's bad for you blah 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 and she was like this is fat shaming etc cetera, etc cetera. and like all i can think is man you are so seriously deluded yeah if you think that's the case or if you think that they're targeting you yeah you and know obviously you have an issue with it yourself if you think this single this sign is specifically meant for you exactly and like you must have some sort of issue like you obviously have an issue with your weight there's no way you don't have an issue with otherwise your you wouldn't give a shit exactly you would just like let it roll off your shoulder and continue on your fucking day like exactly you obviously yourself have some like if it's not obvious to you it's like obvious to everybody else at least but yeah yeah <laughs> but you always have some like deep-rooted issue with your weight that like you're making excuses for in your head because that's easier than Putting in the work, like eating healthy, uh, ex- like all that shit is really hard. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's hard to exercise. Exercise doesn't like feel good. <laughs> no, it fucking sucks. Like running, running sucks. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why people like it. Nobody likes to run. Like exercise isn't like, yes, it makes you feel good. And once you do get into it and like, yes, it is good, obviously, but it's really hard. It's a thing that is hard to do. 
And it's easier to make an excuse for yourself and be like, I am this way and this is how I always will be. Oh, for sure. Deal with it's it. It's way easier. Yeah. I, uh, I went to university with a guy um, and he recently graduated with his master's and his thesis was on a uh, an eating disorder. And I'm not sure if he categorized it or if he just, you know, if he took it and said, okay, here's, here, I'm seeing these symptoms and here's what it is, but... I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it was like a new form of anorexia or bulimia. Mm -hmm. And it was like ultimate healthy eating nervosa, basically. Okay. And this is from a dude who's like ultra healthy, you know, works out all the time, has a degree in psych. Yeah. And he was like, you know, there, there's a point with people where they get so focused on eating healthy that it's to the detriment of themselves. Yeah. Like people who only eat paleo forever and they only eat raw meat and fucking green vegetables and they end up getting fucking scurvy because they don't eat any fruits because it has sugar, yeah, that sugar shit like that you yeah. know what i mean yeah I, I thought that was super interesting yeah you know it shows that these these kinds of disorders and i, I don't know what evidence there was i didn't read his whole thesis because i'm lazy also it was 100 pages <laughs> but um you know i think it goes to show that th these kinds of anxiety disorders can appear Pretty much anywhere. Yeah, for sure. And like the thing is, is the simple fact of the matter is that food is one of the many joys of life. Delicious food is awesome. I think it's important for social, for yeah, socialization oh, issues. Yeah, for socialization period. Definitely, for sure. But like if you are like, yeah, it's important to eat as much vegetables and shit as possible. But if you're just like completely denying yourself like, say, pie every once in a while or ice cream every yeah, once in a while. Like, right? that shit just makes you happy. Like, well, and you should be able to go out with your friends on a Friday night and get a hamburger. Yeah. And not feel guilty about it. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? And, like, because that hamburger is also fucking delicious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's, a, there's a social aspect to it, right? Yeah. Like, if I, if I cooked well, a big delicious meal and you and a bunch of my friends came over and one of them was like, <coughs> oh, I can't have that because it's not part of my diet plan. I'd be like, dude, just fucking... Just eat with us. Yeah, just eat with <laughs> us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Food's important for culture, though. Super important. Oh, yes. It's like a lot of cultural bonding happens over, like, food. And, like, that's been almost taken out of our society a little bit compared to, say, like, European cultures and stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Like, still the meal is a big part of a lot of european cultures they'll take two hours for lunch or whatever they'll eating all... on the go was not great no frankly like they'll all sit down for dinner and have like a two-hour dinner and like wine and shit like that and they'll eat pasta and whatever and they're all skinny like you yeah. know what i mean it's like this kind of like north american culture is geared towards like gluttony almost a gluttony and like fast moving lifestyle yeah it's definitely like the puritan work ethic you know what i mean it is it's for like sure you get to work you do it's all about work and being productive yeah like even it's hard to just hang out with somebody and not do anything it is it is most definitely like just to sit down and just have a conversation with somebody like it's hard to do that in today's society it is painfully Pe people are like we should be doing something we should always be doing something like why can't you just chill yeah just fucking relax and that's why people like go out for beers though because it feels like you're at least doing something but you can have just sit down and have a conversation yeah exactly which is good exactly yeah. well that's why we do it yeah definitely i mean you know it just gives us like the social context or a reason to go out and do it you yeah, know what I mean? and like sit across from each other 
Yeah, and have the conversation. We're doing it over food most of the time, so. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, like, you see a lot fewer instances of, like, alcoholism or, you know, overweight, like, obesity. and Like, at least to the extent that you see it in, say, the United States, like, in European cu- cultures and stuff, because they just have, like, a respect for it or whatever. It's... I don't know about alcoholism, but for, for sure obesity, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Most definitely. I, I I don't know if that is the like I don't know if British culture is the same. I, I've heard yeah. that they're starting to have issues with it as well. Yeah. But places like France, Italy. Yeah, that's what know. that's more what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. When I I'm think for, European, I don't think British for some I know, reason. I know. I know. Basically, well, I mean, we're all basically British. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm British for sure. Yeah, I'm super British. Yeah. My grandparents are from England. Yeah, like. it's British the yeah. way that it is. They basically came and colonized all this shit. Therefore, we are. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But that work ethic thing, like, ah, I, I think that the whole emphasis placed on work and progress and achievement is like it can be crushing mm-hmm. for people you know what i mean mm-hmm. very very crushing and if you're not working and if you're not succeeding you're failing yeah you know it's hard for people to escape that and understand that just living is fine mm-hmm. as long as you're happy yeah and I think that's like, uh, like probably one of not I don't know about main causes, but it's definitely a huge contributing factor to like the mental health epidemic that is happening in sure. North American countries. For sure, absolutely. Like the amounts of depression and shit like that that does go on, like, which conversely has a massive effect on the amount of drugs being consumed, overdoses, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, which is insane that we have problems like that and that's like marijuana is still illegal like, yeah yeah we're making giant steps towards the legalization of marijuana but technically it's still illegal when, when is it june is it june it's june now i don't know when it is it's april i thought it, they were i thought it was april but i thought it got moved they probably moved it i don't think it's actually gonna happen i think it will like I, maybe dude the there's too much <laughs> if it doesn't happen there's going to be issues there's too much capital moving now yeah for it not to happen you know what i mean there's going to be issues if it doesn't like my dad told me that his investment in weed stocks doubled over the past three months your dad invested in weed yeah that's amazing up. <laughs> i know he told me his current investment strategy is anything involving old people yeah. and anything involving weed well yeah Definitely. If it combines the two, even better. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because weed's exploding. Yeah. Old people, we're just getting a whole shitload of them. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But, well, there's just, there's too much money moving behind the weed thing now. I mean, you take a look at Aurora Cannabis or whatever. They're building a plant, like, by Olds, I think. Yeah. They have one in Ontario. It's it's the train has left the station yeah and it's it's really funny how like marijuana right now is in this like crazy gray area that it's not legal yet but people are not like people are selling weed openly on the radio and in like, i know in the internet it's like, really weird you don't need a medical card to get weed from the internet like <laughs> it blows my mind i think that it's good that they're gonna be there's gonna be more progress made towards like regulating it and not letting people drive super high and shit like that Mm -hmm. but (laughs) you know i think it's good that these things are happening yeah um 
but I'll, I'll be interested to see how it affects weed culture. Yeah. You know, because we were, we were part of that culture for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I'm wondering if it's just going to dilute it a little bit. Because there, there was definitely an aspect of it that was, it was taboo, so it was fun and mm-hmm. more appealing or something. Like, and it also goes back to that whole tribal thing. Definitely. You know, like, this is your tribe. Well, I identified as a stoner, for sure. Mm-hmm. 100%. Definitely. And if you found other people who smoked weed, you, like, instantly, instantly. friends. Like, you, instantly. like, instantly had something to talk about. That's why least. I started dating my ex-girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Same fucking reason. <laughs> super deep and I, I just like remember you know you find people who don't smoke weed and you're like you're weird yeah yeah like instantly i know and you know what they were probably thinking man this fucking stoner yeah this fucking it, stoner it, idea. It, you know, <laughs> and i would like i would probably if i encountered someone who smoked as much weed as i did back then i'd be like you know well <laughs> chill the fuck out yeah it's hard to i don't know I definitely don't smoke as much weed as I used to. I still obviously indulge every once in a while. For sure. When I can. But it's fucks me up now. That's fair. It like super fu- Like I'll smoke weed and I'll get super ripped. But I don't think... I don't think the other one of us is super pushy about it. Like I don't uh-huh. really smoke much anymore. But uh-huh. you know... If I started smoking weed again... I wouldn't make it... As core of an identity of mine mm-hmm. as I did back then, but maybe that's a maturity thing, yeah, or something. I'm old, yeah, fucking twenty-seven. That's right, <laughs> ancient. Getting so old makes a difference. <laughs> makes a difference, but even like you know, at twenty-two versus twenty-seven, there's a lot of growing that happens. Dude, I was a completely different person now than I was at twenty-two. Exactly, entirely different. Like, I went, like, at 22, I'm pretty sure I was depressed. I was smoking way too much weed to, like, cope with that depression. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know what was going on. Well, and I wonder, you know, what percentage of the people that I knew back then who smoked as ubiquitously or as much as we did were also suffering from the same things, like depression, anxiety, whatever. Mm-hmm. I would argue probably quite a few. Mm-hmm. I would definitely argue that. At least anxiety. Yeah, anxiety. Like, I think the amount of people that I have talked to and they're like, yeah, I have social anxiety. Everybody has Literally fucking, all of my like, friends. Everybody has fucking social anxiety. I can't think of a single one of my friends who doesn't have social anxiety. But, like, nobody talks about it. So you think that they're just fine and they're just good in social situations. It's effort. And, like, you're the odd one out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're like, why am I so fucked up with people when they're thinking the exact same exactly. thing? Exactly. Like... Exactly. Like, I'm a relatively social person, yeah. but I have social anxiety. Yeah. You know? Like, I obviously have social... You knew me went back then. Like. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's... I don't know. It's one of those things that's strange. I, like I said, I can't think of anyone who I yeah. know that doesn't have it. Yeah, no, me either. And it's... Yeah, it's weird. Like, fuck, I'll go out and hang out with our friends who we've been friends with for ten fucking years. I'll still get nervous. Yeah. How stupid is that? I get nervous before I have to do anything, mostly. Yeah, me too. Like... Well, slightly nervous and like a lot of times when i'm going out i'm like man do i really want to go out no, like, is it worth it i don't think it's worth it maybe i'll just uh maybe i'll just stay home or whatever and then you get there and you're like why was i even thinking that that was stupid this is lots of fun like yeah exactly <laughs> you always have a good time yeah so it's it's strange but i think honestly smoking so much weed like in my early 20s almost hmm it like crippled me a little bit you think so like uh emotionally for sure 
I think it gave me a social tribe to hang out with for a bit. Yeah. And then it crippled me. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree with that. But once that social tribe kind of started changing and growing as well, and it just, yeah, it crippled me slightly, like emotionally, because like we obviously numbs things, you know? Oh, for sure. It makes you, it makes it easier to just deal with things because you don't think about it. You're high now. Yeah. But like just this year, even like, I've experienced so many new and crazy things emotionally that just like have hit me so hard and I'm like, whoa. And if you don't have that practice coming into it, it can be like, it's just been overwhelming slightly. And yeah, for sure. Dealing with that has been crazy, but like super cool. Yeah. It's interesting. It's good growth to have. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that my, my like high school years, I was sort of, stunted emotionally you know Mm -hmm. what i mean definitely behind my peers but then i kind of caught up and then i think i lagged behind a little bit again Mm -hmm. because of weed and then well now i hear i am now here i am today but i still would say i think i'm slightly behind but i'm catching up maybe it just takes time yeah I, i just didn't expose myself to certain situations that i should have been for a really long time because i didn't want to deal with i don't know like rejection or it makes you feel uncomfortable yeah but like that's like we talked about that's a good thing thing. it always comes back around yeah (laughs) would i run over the fat man absolutely (laughs) for sure yeah so but like yeah it's been interesting i don't know it's learning yeah it's learning it's growing and it's been a crazy couple of months. You gotta put yourself in those situations too, otherwise you don't grow. Yeah, no, for sure. It's like snowboarding in the glades. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you don't go in the trees, you're never gonna, you're never gonna learn trees. how to fucking ride in the trees. Yeah. That's another crazy thing. And don't aim for the fucking trees. Look at the gaps, yeah. not the trees. Don't, because if you look at the trees, you're gonna hit the trees. Yeah, one percent. But like me getting more confident on my snowboard has translated to me being more confident in my everyday life. I think that you need to find a a proxy for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you gotta find a thing that lets you do that. Yeah. You know, for me in in my early twenties, it was like music. Uh-huh. You know, like I. I learned to play drums and then I played in a band and that helped me become more competent in front of people. And for you, it's snowboarding and everybody finds their own thing, you know, yeah. or, or at least it, it acts as like a, I don't want to say crutch because I think it, it implies a negative connotation, but it's a crutch. You know what it's I like mean? It's a step. It is a step. Exactly. It's a step. It's not a crutch. It helps you get to that point and understand your own like self-worth and what you can what you can do yeah you know yeah for sure yeah like being good at snowboarding is one of the first things that i've actually been like really good at and that i know i'm really good at Mm -hmm. because you can instantly compare yourself to everybody else on the mountain right yeah for sure and i've seen a drastic, drastic improvement in my abilities and shit. And I'm like... Seeing that growth is also really important, right? Yeah, exactly. Finding a thing that you become better at. Yeah. But, like, knowing that you're not just, like, subpar. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's... Like, mediocrity is, like, the death of motivation. Absolutely. Absolutely. If I'm just going to be the same as everybody else, why would I try? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just interesting. 
It's cool. Everybody needs to find their thing. You know that stupid Canadian commercial? That was a great commercial. Everybody still knows that commercial. Yeah. That guy makes the T-Rex noises. And he does it so well. I've tried to do it. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. It's so hard. And then there's a crazy crazy kid with a stick. Yeah. Dude, dude's cutting his sister in half. Yeah. Fucking dude who likes bugs. Yeah. What's that your was thing? The, he was the weird one. He was the weird one. But what's your thing? <laughs> well, honestly, though, you do. You gotta find a thing or hobbies or whatever. Yeah, hobbies are huge. Absolutely. Like, man, I really try and encourage people. Like, if I see just the slightest amount of interest or like ability in my friends towards anything, I try and like foster that so hard and like push them to do it. And yeah. like, yeah. Especially ones who I see kind of maybe don't necessarily have something, or it doesn't seem that they have something, or they're just playing video games. And you or... can't... I think that video games can be a valid Oh, hobby. no, for sure, totally. for sure. As long as you're not, like, overboard and using it as, like, because video Escapism games... Escapism. Yeah, video games max. can also be, like, like weed. Yes, yeah. for sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, you got, everybody's got to have a thing. Yeah. It's, it's important. Yeah. And having your thing being, like partying and going out with your friends that doesn't really substitute you no, know you, what you i mean you can't get better at that no exactly <laughs> if anything you're going to be the one who stagnates behind them because you've made it your thing yeah and they're all moving on to something else and it's going to make you depressed because all your friends are leaving you exactly yes that's exactly it. <laughs> and it weirds you out and you're like what the fuck yeah also uh like just being around like inspirational people or being around people who are doing things and doing them well and they've found their thing is inspirational for you it is yeah i only picked up guitar because of my old roommate yeah 100 and now it's now i would consider it one of my things you mm -hmm. know yeah definitely like uh like just seeing some like certain people in my life right now like bust their ass and like do whatever it takes for them to like i don't know just be stable and shit and like working insane hours like that's been really inspirational to me like looking at my life and being like wow okay wow i'm in a similar situation but like i could be doing more yeah you could make it do better right yeah it's hard though i mean yeah but it's just it takes discipline yeah and discipline's fucking <laughs> yeah that's, a... that's the hardest part about anything yeah, you know yeah but like, I mean, like my goal is to kind of like, I would like to write and I also like doing podcasts and stuff, but I always like made excuses for myself and I'm like, oh, I never have the time to write or whatever. Cause I'm always busy with other things or Do you ever, yeah, but I feel like there is only so many hours in the day. Yeah. But what I did is I started getting up, uh, like half hour, 45 minutes earlier mm -hmm. and I go into work an hour early and I sit there and I write for the first hour of the day. See, that's good. You made the time, right? Uh, yeah. You can make time. There is always time. There is. It's if just how really, much of your sleep are you willing to sacrifice? Yeah, exactly. If it's, you have to, it's all about balance, obviously. Because if you don't get enough sleep, you're not going to be able to operate at your full potential. Oh, I've taken a huge emphasis in the past month and a half or two months on the amount of sleep that I get. Mm -hmm. I'm getting full eight hours now. It's made a huge difference in my temperament. Yeah, definitely. It's made a huge difference in how I feel. Yeah. It's important. Even at the end of the day, like... Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, I I found that I'm the type of person I can operate on a good solid seven hours. Yeah, I can do seven, eight hours, I'm fine. Nine, I kind of feel groggy. Yeah. Six, I can handle. Five, I'm fucked. Yeah, if I start to get, like, six, I'm, like, functional, but, like, it's, it's gonna... Difficult. It's affecting me, for sure. Yeah. Anything under that, I'm fucked. Yeah, for sure. Like, um... 
like it just affects my decision making even like you know i'm trying to eat healthy and shit if i get six hours of sleep i'm stopping at tim hortons and i'm getting a breakfast you know? oh yeah like, definitely because you feel like well i only got so many hours of sleep i'm getting a goddamn breakfast yeah sandwich. exactly but like if i get that seven hours i find myself it's like maybe i'll get a breakfast sandwich it's like nah dude you're doing a thing like stick to it yeah. blah 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 don't spend the money it's like i'm way more disciplined with the proper amount of sleep oh definitely yeah and that makes a huge difference yeah honestly and i've started reading again like i used to read constantly like mm-hmm. i had a book with me all the time in in uh junior high high school and then just shortly after university and then i stopped for a little while yeah started reading again it's been amazing yeah i missed it yeah a lot yeah i'm trying to get more into that and less on the netflix thing netflix is also yeah kinda netflix evil. is amazing so it's also, also kind of evil though i know do i ever, know do you ever just sit there and browse through netflix for like 20 minutes yeah <laughs> i don't know what i want to watch no and you don't watch anything and you I end up s- doing I something spend else more time adding shit to my fucking list <laughs> than i do watching that stuff i swear to god and now that they've added like the little video previews of every I show i just spend my time like watching those videos like yeah. I, I started watching some british reality show about super old people who date super young people and i was like why am i doing this what am i watching this for yeah oh but that being said queer eye is amazing queer show. eye is amazing it's a great show Plug for queer eye yeah if you haven't watched it, go watch it. <laughs> it is fantastic. I love it. It warmed my heart. <laughs> I hope they come out with another season. I wish there was more. Uh, uh, fuck, it was so good. It was so good. I banged it off in like a day. I know. You don't think you're going to like it as much as it ends up being great. Yeah. And then you just boom. It's like watching it the morning of one of the weekends and I was like, fuck, I have to go do something. I was like, I wonder if I could just squeeze in like another half hour before I actually have to like go get ready and shit. You can't. I can't. I did. (laughs) (laughs) I left it to the last possible moment until the person was texting me being like, I'm on my way now. It's like, okay. Well, now I have to get ready. Put a shirt on. (laughs) No, son of a bitch. It's terrible. I should probably get going relatively soon here. Yeah, that's and cool. It's later than I thought it was. You're going to get your, your eight hours. Yeah. We were just talking about how important sleep is. Mm-hmm. Any closing thoughts, Brendan? Um, hopefully the monoculture isn't shitty. And get your seven to eight hours. And by sucks. It does. Pretty much it. Also, I would run over the fat man. That too. <laughs> I feel like those are solid closing thoughts. Very solid. Everybody, get your shit together. That's right. It's important. <laughs> Have a great day. If you liked this episode of the podcast, why not leave a review? You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. For up-to-date information on the podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at Froggy Style Productions. That's Frog, the letter E, Style Productions. For more ways to support the show, visit fsproductions.ca.